G'day guys, potty number seven, I'm back, no music intro this time, um, I'm a bit of a day late, I was supposed to record potty number seven last night but got tied up, and not in a good sense, um, blue collar perspective, yeah, just a working man's opinion of the news, that's what I'm about, some random stuff, and yeah, hopefully talk about some, some fun stuff and and some flashbacks from the past and things about travel and all that sort of stuff in this in this um, episode. Um, what's in the news, or generally start with what's in the news. Uh, some good news this week. Obviously the football's back, yes. Um, but I was really excited to see that um, Powderfinger were, got back together for one night only. Um, huge Powderfinger fan, never seen him live, but I've seen Bernard at... Um, Day on the green, and he was fantastic by himself. Um, yeah, I think they did it in in good in um, for charity for um, what was a support act and for Beyond Blue, uh, the men's health um, website. So it was all all good. I actually forgot to watch it live, but ended up playing it in the car and listening to the set. It was only about forty minutes or something, but um, really good. Hopefully. It's a bit of a prelude to an Australian tour again. I'd love to see them back together and, and tour in Australia, and I would like to be at one of their concerts if they do tour Australia again. Um, but, yeah, that's on the music scene. That's that's really good. I uh, miss being able to go to concerts. I haven't been to one in, in a while, but, um, yeah, it would be really good if they get back together. I'll, I'll be there if they do a tour. So, Bernard, get them back and tour in Australia, be awesome, um, like I said, yeah, the footy's back, um, Thursday night kicks off, so that's, that's, at least I've got something to watch on, on Friday nights to wind down and fall asleep to, half, at half time on Friday nights now, so that'll be good, um, well, I'm not really too excited too much about the Bulldogs in their season this year, um, we're 0-2 and we're, yeah, we got Manly first up. So that that's going to be tough, but hopefully we can we can turn the season around and stay positive because I've got lots of bets on about the Bulldogs this year, and I might be coughing up some beers and and some bags of chazoos with with the boys and that that I work with that I've had some silly bets with over the Bulldogs. But anyway, we'll we'll wait and see what happens. A um, couple of other things we're going to talk about: um, ancestral ties and things like that, and and looking up your past. From my perspective and um, in travel, um, I started playing golf again, which I haven't played in a couple of months. Obviously, during the the COVID outbreak, I haven't been able to play for a couple of months. But I had a game last week, played quite well, and played on the Saturday, just gone. Um, it was very, very windy. I want to talk about the golf in the wind and 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 link it into the travel too, like. Um, like I said, I spent a couple of years overseas back in the day when I was younger, backpacking and, and working and whatnot, and was lucky enough to play, you know, a couple of times um, overseas. And I remember playing this really one windy day at this hotel I was working in Scotland. Um, they had a course, and it was, if you don't know what Lynx golf is, it was like it's, you know, there's no trees, and it's open to the elements. And it was so windy, I remember hitting a, 
hitting a three wood into a par three, and it was that windy that I didn't get anywhere near the green. So, and I'm not, I'm not a big hitter of the golf ball, but I can hit it far enough. And yeah, that, that that sort of gives you an indication of how much of a headwind I was hitting into, and 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 how tough links golf can be. I played, um, I think I played a couple of games in Scotland, and I think I might have played around once when I was living over in Ireland as well. Um, but it was really really good if you're into golf, which I am, and I probably don't get to play as much as I'd like, but it's 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 a really good um, outlet at the end of the week and playing with the guys and that um, that I'm good friends with at work. We normally have little side bets and whatnot going on the weekend and, you know, bags of chizoos from, you don't know what they are, they're cheesels. I'm sure the boys in that listening from work know what I'm talking about. Um, poor men's cheesels from Aldi. Um, mm. Chizoos. But yeah, uh, and sometimes we have some bets on beers and, and whatnot. No, I've mostly lost. But on the weekend, um, just gone. I had a win, so I got a bag. Probably save it for the weekend and and eat it on Friday night when uh, watching the footy. Um, and back to the um, the ancestral ties and the, and, and the travel. Um, I think I've spoken about it in the past. We all, most... Most Australians um, have a, a British, Irish, you know, those sorts of backgrounds in their, in their ancestral ties. I think I spoke about it before. My sister, she did a like a, one of those tests and, and, and we always thought it was, um, we had the Swedish um, background, but it's actually turned out it was Danish. So got me thinking about you know, that, that sort of heritage. I haven't been to those Scandinavian countries, but I'm sure one day in the future um, I'd like to go and, and see, just test something, because I'm going to say something um, about the feeling of going to a foreign country, but um, I went to... I remember flying into to Dublin in Ireland. Now, I've got Irish um, background in on my mum's mum's side, so my nan, um, she's still kicking away, and unfortunately she's in a in a uh, aged care facility at the moment. But um, on her side, now the the heritage is from I believe it's County Clare in um, the central part of Ireland. Um, I was lucky enough in my couple of years in that living overseas. Um, Spent some time down in Colonia, and that's down in County Kerry, which is down the southwest uh, part of Ireland, in, in, in uh, Munster province. Um, excuse me. Yes, I'm drinking coffee again. Um, yeah, um, and, and it was, like I said, I spent a couple of years. On, my sister, she, um, her and I worked there for pretty much a year, and... Um, and it was it was really good, but I tell you about the feeling and like there's nothing beats Australia like in, in the feeling of coming home. But you get a funny feeling, and, and I'm, it's got to be the ancestral blood boiling or something of your past, and and for some reason these things get passed down through the generation. And and like I said, I was flying into Dublin, and it's the only time I've had that feeling of felt like I was going home for some reason. Now, it's a funny feeling if if you don't understand what I'm talking about. It, you know, flying into a foreign country can be a little bit um, daunting, especially when you're going there for the first time. 
but I never never ever felt like that going to Ireland and 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 like I said it was it was the only and I've been to during that couple of years and that that was overseas I went to plenty of places um, living and working and, and traveling and backpacking and whatnot doing some silly things in that as well um, but it's the only country where I had that feeling as if I was going home now that, that obviously links obviously with, with the heritage on, on my mum and my grandmother's side um, and, and that feeling of yeah I was welcome and, and I never felt out of place in that in that country um, had a great time that 12 months um, we worked pretty much worked in the hospitality industry which as a lot of um, tourists and that do at the time in particular Australians and that they, they work in the pubs and hotels restaurants and bars and all that sort of thing um, but yeah had a great time for that 12 months um, and, and it was even more special because my sister was there pretty much for that 12 months and uh, after that she she did a bit of travel and then she come home and I sort of kicked on and stayed and went to other places and that for um, a, a, a bit longer um, but yeah it's it's funny that you the ancestral ties and and, and I'm hoping to get that feeling one day when when I go to um, visit the Scandinavian countries with the, the the Viking heritage, looking forward to that one day and hopefully get to take my son when he's old enough and to understand that sort of thing. Um, I think I think I think I'll already get the the sense that um, that that it'll, it'll it'll be a similar feeling to to going back to um, to Ireland. We're hoping to get there this year but obviously yeah what's happened it maybe it wasn't meant to be this year um but yeah those, those sorts of things and that that um when you look back on your heritage you you like to um reminisce about your younger days and traveling and whatnot we used to get up to some shenanigans on my own and my sister as well and we had some great times and that there in, in ireland but other places as well um we got to um like I said, up in Scotland, we worked at a hotel there for a little while. Um, and when my sister come home, I ended up working down a place called Torquay down in County Devon. That's down the southwestern part of, of England as well. That was great. And um, got to go to, um, I, th I think one of the great trips in that that I had while I was overseas traveling was um, got to go to South Africa a couple of times. And and, and that was awesome, in particular getting to see the... Um, the wildlife i think they've got it right with their national parks and the in their captivity i don't really like the idea of i think i spoke about it with dubbo and and, and the zoos of animals in captivity but oh, i think the national parks and, and and you know protected areas and that for for the wildlife to actually be in the natural habitat and not you know fenced off in a concrete jungle for so people can go and stare at them and, and take photos and that um, of a lion, you know, or lioness or any of those sorts of um, African animals lying on concrete is not really giving you a, a true depiction of what, what they're about. But I think the national parks and, and the way they had it set up, in particular in Kruger National Park in, in, in Johannesburg, was was awesome. I mean, and um, it was, I think the second time I went there, like I went there twice, once for a holiday while I was actually working in Ireland for a year, um, went there for a month. And then on the time when 
I was sort of on my way home on the last legs of travel. I got to go there with um, my girlfriend at the time. Uh, as some people believe that that's quite funny that I had a girlfriend. Yeah, but but that was that was true. Um, and um, the second time, yeah, on the way home, we we ended up going there for a couple of weeks, and we actually went to this national park, and they had these um, where you could go in to the 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 actual park and actually you know get up close with with the animals yourself and uh me and the girlfriend at the time we we went in to this um particular captivity of of lion cubs and and they were like you know like a small dog in in size i couldn't tell you like i don't know maybe maybe a year old or something like that these cubs um about the size of my sister's dogs, Jock and Lucy, um, about that size. So they were fairly immature, but they were chasing us around and and and, and you know and biting at our legs, but in, in a playful manner, and, and it was a re- really good experience. Um, I had some photos, but I ended up losing them on a bungee bungee jump for some reason. My girlfriend at the time she wrote me into doing a bungee jump at while we were over there, and I think that's when I may have lost that particular role of film because actually back in the day before you had digital um, mobile phones and that um, you actually had to press a button and actually had to get a, a film developed but I'm sure people of my age and, and older would realize that but um, for the younger ones if there is any younger ones listening probably not but um, yeah it was before mobile phone use and all, and all that sort of thing but yeah and actually I remember that time was really good. We got to um, talking with these the the handlers and, and the keepers and that, and and we ended up giving them a little bit extra money, and we they showed us in with these actual lion cubs, like and pretty much newborn cubs. And I remember going in in this little tent with um, with my girlfriend, and and we're sitting there, and we actually got to. Um, Pat and hold like a oh, so probably only a couple of weeks old uh, lion cub and they actually named I remember his name I still remember that what they call him it was Matiba which is I think Nelson Mandela um, I think was his name that the African people called him or his nickname I'm not not quite sure I'm sure there's smarter people than me at the time because um, obviously the the handlers and keepers they were were um, were African, oh, black African guys, guys and girls, and obviously it was that Nelson Mandela at the time had um, not long been removed, oh, been released from Robben Island, I think it's Robben Island out there in Cape Town. Well, I actually can see it because I've been to Cape Town, but I saw the island where he was kept prisoner from from the mainland in Cape Town, but never actually got out there, didn't particularly want to go out there. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, that, that, that was good. Um, it was a good couple of years traveling around, backpacking, eating two-minute noodles and lots of um, one-pound pasta and sauces and stuff like that, staying in kitchens and uh, youth hostels and, and shared kitchens and didn't get any bed bugs, which was good. I've heard a lot about people getting bed bugs and, you know, sleeping on you know, mattresses and stuff like that. It hadn't been cleaned, but I was pretty lucky. Um, 
I think I got food poison once in Ireland, but I think that was from, probably had something to do with the amount of alcohol that I've been drinking, but it, um, but other than that, it was pretty good. I think my sister, she got sick over in Turkey when we were over there, and won't go into how she got sick, um, probably a little bit personal, but let's just say it was fairly fluent and fairly runny. Um, sorry if you're listening my beloved sister about that but yeah that was that was funny when you had that and no I didn't that was um I think that was the night we went to see the whirling dervishes in in Istanbul or something like that the Turkish thing we're over there for Gallipoli um Anzac Day in 2000 which was which is awesome if you get the chance to do it as something as an Australian and, and Kiwi um do yourself a favor and go over there um very um Oh, what's the word? It's it, it it's um, breathtaking and really um, strange feeling standing on that beach and that where you know lots of Aussies and, and Kiwis and, and Turkish soldiers were were killed. Um, but yeah, it's uh, but if you get the chance, uh, do yourself a favour and, and get over there and, and, and see it, especially while you're young. Uh, do these things while you're young and had a great time. Next thing I want to talk about, been banging on about this with the guys at work. Remember the 80s? I, we're, me and my sister were massive fans of the Muppets. We had our particular favourite characters. Um, I'm sure you have all got your own favourite Muppets. Um, I had a massive affection for um, Animal, the drummer, and, and Beaker when he used to get blown up a lot um, with his wacky science experiments and drinking all that all them um what was the the science uh, Bun, um Bunsen burner or something like that or yeah they're the oh, I can't think of his name anyhow you know what I'm talking about if you remember the Muppets and then later on they had that show Fraggle Rock a little bit coming a bit after it um yeah, which that was all right. We didn't get into that as much, but yeah, the Muppets and the Animal, the Beaker, the Swedish Chef. New and new and new. He's pretty funny. My son's been watching him on YouTube a fair bit and getting a laugh. So it's it's kind of generational. So it goes on through the generations. Those sorts of things are, are funny. Um, what were some of the other characters? Miss Piggy, Gonzo, uh, Kermit, obviously. Um, Statler and Waldorf, the two old guys up in the balcony, yelling obscenities and abusing people and laughing. Pretty funny. Good old days. You know, that harmless, wholesome 80s, 70s and 80s humour that, yeah, stands the test of time, I think. Um, I'm getting towards the end of my potty number seven, but I, I want to end it because I like to tell stories and that from, from my youth. Like, and I'm going to mention some terminology in that that I heard when I first joined the army. Now, I'm sure you have heard these words before or descriptions or, or anagrams or whatever you want to call them, um, what they stand for, certain words. I remember some of them. I'm sure there's plenty more that I heard or was directed at me mostly um, uh, whilst, whilst I was in the army a long time ago. Um, descriptive words 
Some words I'm not going to say for obvious reasons. It's the naughtiest word, the C word, which I will not mention on a podcast. Um, but you know what I'm talking about. Um, the first one, I'd never heard it before, but the first one was clusterfuck. Um, and I've used it plenty of times since, um, but I'd never heard it until, like I said, um, until I got posted up to Townsville in about 96 it was. Yeah, clusterfuck. That's one. Um, Some other ones, where would you obviously describe um, in our particular jobs were called pogues, cockroaches, um, some descriptive were grunts. We all know what grunts were. Drop shorts is the artillery. Um, scab lifters, I heard, was utilised towards uh, medics. Um, I heard Jim use this word once to describe someone that worked in catering as a cook, and I'm pretty sure the words were, you're nothing but a bait-laying C-word. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah that that was that was pretty funny the first time I've heard heard that um, and another one that was I'd never ever heard before oh was well, it truckies transport yeah no that's not really a swear word um, I'd written some of them down but uh, I can't remember but this other really really funny one I'd never heard before and I've used it since I was telling the guys and that it worked they'd never heard of it and it was Jim again describing someone of a particular look that worked well, I don't know why there was a a female that worked in a, another particular section I don't know what we were talking about talking about women or all that sort of thing and the description was fought I'd never ever heard fought in my life and since I have never heard it used to such um descriptive terms as by Jim. I said, what, 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 I remember asking him, I said, what, what's thought? What, 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 who are you talking about? Like thought. And this particular lady, she was horrendously ugly. Now I'm no oil painting. I know that people that know me, I'm not, certainly not Brad Pitt and none of my mates are, you know, you wouldn't say they're George Clooney or anything like that. But she was horrendously ugly. She had red hair freckles she may have even had uh, a large backside from memory and the terminology that he used to describe her was fought and I said what what is that what, what do you mean by that what does that stand for he said you know what I'm talking about that fucking orange thing that works over in the transport yard well I was in stitches when he described it and I'm sure Anybody that knows those guys or has heard that description before, it's it's horrendous. Um, but it was hilariously funny. Apologies to that lady. Like I said, I don't mention names. I can't even remember the lady's name. But, yeah, she wasn't very pretty. Um, she had red hair. Nothing against red hair or freckles. But she was pretty ugly um, with red hair, freckles, and possibly a big backside from memory. So, yeah. Fot. I'm going to end the podcast with fot. So you all know what it means. Fot. Fucking orange thing.
Anyhow, hopefully there'll be something come up for potty number eight. That was potty seven. Apologies for using too many swear words. I don't like, but it's part of the description and in context, I think. Um, hopefully something will come up in the news. At least the footy's back this week, guys. Um, I look forward to potty number eight. I'll try and get it recorded on time. Anyway, I'm going to go and finish my coffee. And I'll see if I can think up some other shit for the next one. Bye, guys. This is Chad from Blue Collar Perspective. Font.